0: Welcome to the Gossip Stone Podcast, uh the podcast about the Ocarina of Time and its community focused on racing and the competitive scene and various topics for the community as a whole. And today we have As our guest, Emo Soto, me, Riley, and The Salty Sponge. Please introduce yourselves. Hey,
1: my name is The Salty Sponge. I've been uh, racing in the community for about, I want to say, nine or so months. Eight, nine months. uh, Made Season 3 Top 32. Uh, Unfortunately, I am eliminated from the bracket now, as we'll get into later on in the podcast. But I feel I have adequate knowledge to bring to today's topic of discussion
2: all right and on today's episode we have version differences between emulator and virtual console so we'll get into that a little bit later Um, special shout out to shadow for behind the scenes tech editing sound checks and all the other things he does behind the scenes so uh, thank you to him and to start off with, uh, we got the rando recap for you, covering the NA and EU weeklies. And uh, the NA weekly this week had a total of 12 forfeits and 48 entrants. So a, a quarter of the, the entrants just uh, kind of forfeited, I guess.
0: Yeah, this was a very big logic mess in general. There's a lot of bait. Um, a few of the things that tripped people up like the weird bomb bag locations made so so some people skipped a lot of checks that were relevant with it um we had strengths fairly early on and then the other strength was in spirit i think otherwise the seed was linear-ish It just you got a temple of time way the hero for nocturne of shadows which was just bait for long shot for everybody's favorite spirit key logic which is Honestly, the worst. But other than that, it was kind of a a fairly fine seed. There was a lot of people that forfeited because of how horrible that kind of bait was. But other than that, I don't think there was was much of a a bad seed. I would say personally. Personally, a lot of people would disagree. But uh, and then we had Roscoe finish first with a two thirty five. Oh three, which is was a pretty decent time. Uh yeah. I think that's about it for the any weekly, I wanna say, unless there's something you guys want to add.
1: Yeah, I uh I fell into that bait uh rabbit hole. Uh I ended up forfeiting because I realized that the Nocturne Temple of Time Way the Hero was for spirit key logic, and I got tilted. And a lot of other runners fell into that same trap where they got their bomb bag and their adult too, so it was inconvenient for them to go back to Bombchu Bowling to get their boomerang. So they chased the Temple of Time We the hero, and when it led to nothing, they just shook their heads.
2: <laughs> yeah, not very friendly locations for the bomb bags at all, and the fact that this one of the strengths was in Bomb of the Well. If you just don't go there, you don't like going there, you're just gonna get completely screwed in the seed. So overall, it was it was pretty mean on a lot of fronts. Um, but uh, moving on to the EU Weekly. This one was a little weird as well. Kind of a weird weekend overall for the weeklies. Uh, Bomb well had Hookshot and Longshot, so shades of last week, I think, uh, where Child Spirit had both in the same room, among other things with that Spirit Temple. But um, yeah, both Hookshots and Bomb well here. Longshot was needed for Spirit Temple key logic, which, yeah, again... And we haven't really had that uh, a ton in the the weeklies so far. And the, I mean, it's been a, like maybe a month or two, maybe as far as I can remember, that that was it was kind of not hard required, but the seed logic pointed to it for sure. So uh, it kind of seemed to tilt a lot of people in this one. This one also had weird logic, but not quite as bad as the NA weekly. Um, Market was also way of the hero had magic and ends, and Bombolo was also way of the hero. Um, pretty concentrated item placements overall, and. Hammer was in... Stone Water?
0: I guess? (laughs) Nothing really pointing to it. That was basically the only bad thing of that uh, Weekly, where a lot of people just never touch Stone Water. There's nothing leading to it, so... Why would you do Stone Water when you can do a lot better areas? That's mostly what I was thinking. There's Sarius on OT, so... Not very probable people chase that. Except the winner of the Weekly, which was his intention, juke uh, got a 229 24 which was stupid insane in this seed he was miles ahead of everybody else except one other person
2: Yeah, because one he person... made the play
0: to go into stone water for uh, the hammer because he was he was like screw it i'll just chase 80 and get rewarded yeah that one other person was none other than marco
2: <laughs> coming up uh, pretty hot uh, on Juke's heels in this uh, one. I think it was like maybe three or four minutes behind him, but yeah. And after the rest after was like that, thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, after that, there was just a colossal gap between everyone else and them. So, uh, you knew something was up. You just didn't know exactly what. So, yeah, from what I gathered, I uh I caught the tail end of the seed.
1: Um, from what I gathered, a lot of people meta gamed off of the two twenty nine and eliminated water as a possibility even though like juke and marco had gone into water and found it and so a lot of people just didn't go in based purely on that fact from what i saw
0: basically yeah that's what i did so
2: (laughs) i was i was safe in the commentary (laughs) booth for this for the eu weekly and it wasn't too bad i don't think i did pretty well in that one but uh yeah, I was safe in the, the crow's nest for the EU.
0: But anyway. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Season 3 recap time, where we start off with our first match of the week, which I think was on Monday night. So we're just covering it now. It was versus Kolo, the sixth seed versus the 22nd seed, and winner's bracket round two. So this one was a decent average time I, rem- I remember watching the start of this seed where uh, they got a pretty early letter on Dompei well Cola got it where bon- Bono got it super late and that made a lot of difference really early on because that made Cola go to Zor's Domain and to get a Spirit Temple Baron while they had Strength 2 and Mirror Shield and like Sphere 0 I want to say or something crazy like that and Bono did, like, all of spirit while Colo knew it was barren before even sending foot in there. So that made huge grounds for Cola really early.
1: If I remember correctly, Strength 3 was Spear 0. All Ooh. three strengths, yeah.
0: That happened. But Bono being Bono, he's just so good at executing. He made the ground up not too bad. I mean, is obviously a great player as well, so...
1: Yeah, I remember there was a moment in this match where Bono had warped the Temple of Time and went child, but then immediately went back adult. And he mentioned in the interview that he uh at that moment realized that GTG wasn't logic and figured out like in that moment that it was his best play and it ended up winning him
0: the race. I don't remember what was it there. Oh uh, it was yeah, the long shot wasn't there for Water Temple. And we had, oh yeah, we had also everybody thinking Ice Cavern was for opponent logic, and it was just Cack way the hero for opponent on burning Cack for GTG access, and that's why he made all those plays. Other than that, I think the seed was linear, except Bono basically doing all of Baron Spirits. And Ice Cavern was way the hero for the hammer, obviously. It's <laughs> become basically a meme at this point that <laughs> hammer's in the Zora area down there. So
2: yeah, it's cool to the to touch the icy hammer <laughs> locked away in a cavern somewhere.
0: But Bono <laughs> won by six minutes, so it was fairly close. Colo was about to enter Ganon's castle, I think, or was in just slightly. And Bono will go against third seed Nifistos and Colo will face the winner of Earl Dylan, which we'll cover later
2: and moving on to the next match here. Uh, it's a loser's bracket round one match. Uh, Mar- Mr. Mario versus Westover. So it's the 29th versus the 20th seed. Pretty close overall is in terms of their, their seeding here. They did pretty similarly. They had pretty similar performances in the, the qualifications, but, uh, for this one, letter was on 40 skulls. Uh, The generator seems to be loving skull seeds as of late, uh, especially for all of these season three tournament matches. Uh, So Jabu was required, but it was also required for uh, Ice Cavern, for Song of Storms, for Go Mode. So the mirror shield was in the well, well, uh, and a lens was on 50 skulls. So it was logically required for crossing the wasteland for Zelda's Lullaby at Colossus. So that in itself was kind of a mess. Uh, But as long as you knew that's what the logic was pointing to, Uh, it wasn't too bad. Pretty straightforward seed otherwise. Um, The only thing that really made a huge difference was there was a hammer in Hyrule Field that Mr. Mario got about, oh, 40 minutes ahead of Westover. But uh, the late game was just all skull farming for that letter. So at a certain point, you just drop everything you have and you just go collect skulls. So one of my favorite play patterns. Yeah. So, I'll just honestly. mention they both,
0: while they were heading out, or there were about like 30 skulls, I think they were about to go to GTG. They all, they both went to GTG before going to get the ZL at Colossus. They had like everything to clear GTG. They were missing Mirror Shield and the letter at that point. So I mean, Mirror Shield could have been anywhere. It just happened to be an ice ca- uh, in, the, in the well for Storms and Ice Cavern, which is kind of unfortunate. So they kind of did a lot of useless checks on the way, but... Other than that, it was basically straightforward since the well was locked.
2: Yeah, I mean, as far as I can remember, they were kind of... I don't know if they were
0: very thorough, were they?
2: Within checking everything?
0: They were just basically... I think they mostly checked dense areas. They didn't really go out of their way to do, like, child checks and stuff, I want to say. That are kind of out of the way.
2: Yeah, Mario got the letter around the 202 mark, and Westover got it around the 211 mark, so... Not a ton that was separating them. Uh maybe a little bit of skull efficiency, but overall pretty similar routes that we saw from both of them. And again, it was it because kind of was a straightforward seed here. But uh Mr. Mario pulled out the win, stays alive in the tournament bracket here, sending Westover home, uh with a time of two forty three forty four. So again, these two forty three kind of times, two forty five ish, uh Seems pretty, <laughs> like everyone's kind of converging on this time for some reason. I don't know what it is exactly, but.
0: Yeah. So Mr. Marble ended the face 23rd seed Gavaroni in the next round, and that'll also be a good one, so. We're going to look up for that. Yeah, a tight matchup for sure. All right, next up we had Sanzo versus Amin Mito, so the 30th seed versus the 19th seed. Uh, apparently it was somewhat similar. I didn't I didn't I didn't watch this live because I was it, they played at the exact same time as the A weekly, so it made it kind of difficult. But they had similar-ish openers from the from the start, except when Mido got Letter, so it made Mido turn in Letter and go Ice Cavern instead. That had Song of Storms, and Song of Storms made them go to him, made him go to the well and the well had the hammer and the DMT song of storms grotto had the hookshot, and Saso got it about the song of storms and ice cavern about 25 or so minutes later. So that was pretty huge cap. So might over just kind of spiraled out of that. Yeah. Just
2: it outlines the strength and importance of ice cavern here. I think it's kind of a hated area among a lot of players, but at least for me personally, uh, the last few, maybe even like month, even, um, I've, I've just seen the value grow in it, uh, so much more as an area that I, I, I don't hate it anymore. I, I definitely don't actively avoid it as my like last area to get my last song to get anymore. Um, it can just lead to so many things. It has, if it has any important song on it, it's just, you have to do it as soon as you get access to it. But, uh, yeah, the fact that it gave him hammer and hook shot over the his opponent here, just it's nailed the coffin there already as far as the race is concerned. And Mido pulled out the win, got a two forty three twenty, so another two forty three two forty five is kind of time. Mhm.
0: Our last three races at a two forty three, so and the other yeah. one was before that was two forty five, so that's kind of insane.
2: <laughs> it's kind of bizarre, right? <laughs> How's
1: that
0: for?
2: Yeah. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> But he uh, meanwhile, the 19th seed will move on to face Keizo, the eighth seed. So another kind of a tight matchup here coming up. A lot of the bottom half of the bracket as well is making a pretty deep run in the tournament so far. We're not too far into the tournament, but they're hanging on for sure. Yeah, we're almost almost at the
0: losers losers round one. So yeah, almost half the field has been eliminated. I want to say right? No, half eight. I don't know, man. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> a
2: quarter, like one, one quarter.
0: <laughs> That's eight, yeah.
2: <laughs> the next match we have here, losers bracket round two, the salty sponge, ranked fourteenth in the tournament, versus Sea Falcon,
0: number twenty-four. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sponge can elaborate on this one, right, Sponge?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll go through this one so um the seed what killed me i'll just get straight to it was the fact that skull kid had a meter, uh, had the mirror shield and so i did three song and sea falcon chose to do early adult um early adult had sorry's song which i i actually went back and watched the vod and i don't think sea falcon got the mirror shield in his child too i think he actually went adult first but like, basically, him having that "Sorry" song when he did allowed him to go back through and check Skull Kid at a much more reasonable time than me. And he grabbed his Mirror Shield, and it just—the only time it ever made sense for me to go back to Skull Kid to grab that Mirror Shield was before Jabu, and I decided to play Serenade. So that pretty much sealed my fate on that one. Uh, it it basically. Both of us played really well. It just it happened to be that like Sea Falcon needed the boomerang in the first check and fire. I needed the mirror shield and the boomerang was a lot easier to find given the circumstances because fire was a medallion and was required. So
0: because Hammer was our go-mode in this, the only circumstance that could have happened is if the rang locked the hammer somehow, but didn't end up happening because rang also is not like the most important item unfortunately.
1: Yeah, also, uh, once again, I got 50 skulls, had Which a hookshot. Was, was
0: required, but just uh,
1: logically, of course. Logically, yeah. Like, so, stop giving me skull seeds, guys. <laughs>
0: right. If you do, put
1: something else on them. No more hook shots.
2: Back-to-back oh, yeah, back back skull seeds in the tournament, and the, the second one is the one that eliminated you. It was just super rough to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't feel like I'm particularly bad at skull seeds. It's just like when you see 50s a hook shot, it changes everything about the way you play because you always have that thought in the back of your mind that this might be first logical hook shot and that that means that you need to get a lot of really bad skulls and it's a question of do you route to commit to that early or do you do you gamble on it? And Sea Falcon and I both kind of routed around it we didn't get a lot of terrible skulls but we did like focus most of our early game on acquiring as many skulls as possible as we went along it's a really interesting hint to work around
2: yeah a lot of the time you see runners just kind of try and run them in as much as they can into their dungeons and then the areas that they're going to go to 100 percent anyway in a seed so a lot of the cack skulls a lot of the I mean, even the Kakuri forest skulls, all the bottle skulls, you almost always get on 50 skull seeds. So it's it's much preferred rather than just, you know, dropping everything, getting all your skulls up to 50. You just have to route it differently than 30 and 40 skull seeds. And where you can kind of get away with that, if it's only 30 or 40 with 50, it's just such a large gap that you have to be so much more efficient about it to save uh, more time on it.
1: Yeah, and Spirit Temple key Logic rears its <laughs> ugly head again in this seed. It's the
2: week of Spirit key-, key Logic, right? It was like three or four seeds this whole week. Yeah. Yeah. And Skull Seeds. More Skull Seeds, please. <laughs> so
1: yeah, Sea Falcon won that one. Uh, three hours, one minute, 45 seconds. Uh, so I'm out of Season 3. It was a good run, but I'm glad that uh, I get to take a bit of a break now. So while I'm sad that I lost, I'm I'm glad that I get a little bit of time off.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and C Falcon, uh, 24 seed, will be moving on to the winner of the Kola Osu and Earl, Weild, Earl Weird matchup. So stay tuned for that one. We might cover it next week. Probably not. It'll probably be two weeks from now. But we will see on that. And the next matchup here, another Losers Bracket round one matchup. It was... Riley, the 27th seed, versus Soli, the
0: 11th seed. And, yeah. <laughs> this. Oh, boy. This um, one was yeah. close. It was a heartbreaker <laughs> for for me, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I got to commentate this one. It was a, a lot of fun to commentate towards the end. A lot of tension in that last. Like
2: 30 minutes or so. Oh, that was so tense. I was right there with you, but <laughs> at a certain point, you don't want to say anything, because you're like, what if runners hear me? <laughs> like, I break their concentration.
0: <laughs> so, <Yeah>. The seed <laughs> yeah. also was one of the worst logical m- seeds I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, we had to literally get, logically, I've, from what I've been told, you had to get 40 skulls out of 41 to get your strength 2 on 40 skulls to get your first hookshot, which was on Spirit Temple on the right hand in the middle room, which was <laughs> honestly awful. Fortunately enough, there was another strength technically locked by that strength in GTG, but you could get out of logic by just by key- how weird the DTG key logic usage is, so that's how I got my strength too. I think I was up to like 26 goals, I want to say, when I got that strength too. But uh, otherwise, the early game, I, I, we knew it was all dungeons about, I want to say, like, not even 10 minutes in. After Deck Tree, you got that Nocturne on OT at Temple of Time. So at that point, it's like, okay, just going to start playing safe. There's no reason for me to do anything that's not on the way at the time. We got Zelda's Lullaby and Storms really early, so might as well just go to CAC get the well out of the way we also had skull mask hinted as iron boots so while i'm on the way just start that quest but other than why otherwise except that hook shot the seat was okay without the hook it was kind of bad but after you got that if the seat was a breeze we had four dungeons of go mode i think it was five was it five more like four and a half you did half of spirit so yeah Unfortunately, Solly got to that strength before me, uh, so I mean, I didn't see much of a side have and went back and watched it, but he did skip a few extra things over me, so.
1: Yeah, I noticed in the early part of the seed that Solly, you were being very thorough and Solly was putting off. Not I wouldn't say he skipped them, but he was putting them off for later, like things like child grown city, he put off for later. Um dampen races he ended up skipping entirely. <laughs> um like r- generally longer checks, he didn't do either of Zora's domain when he went to hand in the letter. It's things like that that created the early game separation between you and him. You did mostly mostly similar routing it's just at that point he was able to create about like a 10 minute separation just by skipping
2: those longer checks that took a while to do yeah he skipped dampe racing completely he skipped uh quite a number of things he almost skipped kakuri sword chest which had a hammer uh, i think he passed it like four or five times and we the whole chat was just wondering like is he ever going to get hammer is he going to last location and I think he got it, uh he cleared Lost Woods, then also passed it, and then I think he came back for some reason, but um He uh he was gonna get the skull on the tree in Kokiri Forest.
1: Oh yeah. So he played Sun Song and at that point he's just gonna get the Kokiri sword chest because he's gonna get the skull anyway.
2: Yeah, very, very close matchup in the end. Um it was a margin of twenty seconds. Separating Riley and Soli at the finish line, so uh, you got to see them both enter in Ganon's castle. I don't know, um maybe like fifteen seconds apart or something like that. I kept writing down times and the margin just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So Riley was like behind by about six or seven minutes um after getting the hook shot in spirit. Getting uh the hook shot solely two and two hours and twenty one minutes, and then Riley got his as twenty two hours twenty eight minutes. Um, and it just kind of went from there. So, like, eventually, once it was on Bongo, it was only two and a half minutes. And then Twin Rova, it was a minute 35. And, like I said, when entering Ganon's Castle, it was like a 15 second difference because Soli never got that scale on Dampe Race. So, he had to go across Hyrule Field to River, enter Domain through the River entrance. Whereas Riley could just play Serenade and go through that scale entrance. So, um, a lot of ground that you made up, Riley. It was—it was pretty cool to see. Um, I, I think I'm not even sure if it was ground made up. I think it was just how close you all both were the entire race. We just didn't realize until the end.
0: Possibly, I'll have to go back and rewatch the end specifically.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> but really exciting. Yeah, watch from like the uh, three-hour mark onwards. You'll be biting your nails <laughs> probably, but. I I'll think I was shaking my head. Yeah, I mean, part of it too was just it, it was just kind of an execution race for the most part. Um, cuz the the hook shot was so late in the seed, it, it was almost like everyone was kind of thinking are you going to get it before the 3 hour mark? So the fact that there was such a late hook shot and you both were like visibly frustrated, I, I could just feel it. So um tough to play well after that and uh tough to lose by 20 seconds, but uh, it's the closest th- season three matchup that we've had so far
0: mm-hmm. yeah fortunately i'm on the on the losing end of that and I'm also out of the tournament but i had I had my fun it was it's always a, an interesting experience just the fact that I could get to this point and play it's just a ton of fun uh proud of myself for making it this far in the first place so i i wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything else even though I lost to some yeah, regrets just, yes but just making
2: top 32 is an, a huge accomplishment by itself so i definitely wouldn't feel too bad about it but uh solely the 11th seed will be moving on to face mr martin the 17th seed and losers record round two after martin fell to marco early so on was, yeah 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 that was a very close match as well
1: all right, just one more thing I want to say about the Sally match before we move on. So yeah. apparently, uh mm-hmm. apparently we have a new meta where uh doing chickens twice uh might actually help help you win season 3 bracket matches, apparently. I think the rest of the uh the rest of the players should take note of that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it it happened. We we all saw it, it happen. It was an honest mistake
1: mistake by Solly, but I just thought it was really funny how (laughs) most people don't, won't even do chickens once, but here's, here's Solly doing them twice. It's just, it's funny. (laughs) Not ragging on him or anything. It's just, you know.
2: (laughs) And our main topic for this week's episode is the version differences between emulator and virtual console for uh, playing randomizer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a pretty big topic. It's had a lot of heated debates back and forth for a while from the community, from what's good, why is this better, why should I play on this? Oh, but what if I can't play on this? What else should I be doing? Is there an alternative? Like, all these questions.
1: Yeah, one of the first questions that a lot of uh, newer players like when they watch races and they see like most most newer players usually start on an emulator, and we'll get into why later, but like a lot of players see that there are is another option other than emulator, and then they think especially if they wanna try and be competitive in races, they'll start thinking about, okay, should I stay on emulator or should I switch to v c and there are advantages and disadvantages to using either that we'll cover
0: shortly um i guess we can start with some of the advantage that virtual consoles brings i both me and Eosoda here are both on emulator most of the time so that's why we brought in sponge the salty sponge or i should say to talk about virtual console which is vc for short
1: yeah i uh i play Ninety percent of all my races on Virtual Console. Uh, for multi worlds, I use emulator. So I've used, I've used RetroArch, I've used Bizhawk, I've used VC. I've used VC on an HDTV. So I have a lot of exposure to all the different kinds of ways that you could play Rando. And from my experience, I, uh, I feel like, from my personal side that VC on a CRT is the is my preferred way to play. And uh one of the advantages 100% to playing on VC is you all the loading times are faster. This includes pauses and walking in and out of a building, walking in and out of a loading zone. VC has slightly faster loading zones, but all of those loads add up to save about three minutes per seed over anybody who plays on emulator.
0: Yeah, which, in a race setting like, or a competitive setting of uh, how Ocarina of Time randomizer is, this three seconds makes a whole lot of difference. So.
2: Yeah, it's, it's something I've been trying to limit myself as an emulator player, almost exclusively, uh, just Limiting your pauses, just it's going to be a couple of minutes, potentially, if you, oh, shit, I forgot to pause and equip this one item for this one dungeon. So a lot of the kind of strategy behind like dungeons and item um, equips is just doing the minimal, as minimal equips as you can, because it, it'll save you a lot of time on emulator. So it's definitely one aspect that VC has a huge advantage in, as, as well as the loading times
1: yeah vc also um for the most part is aside for vc crashes which i'll get into in a little bit it's also a lot more stable than emulator from my experience because especially if you're not running on the greatest pc in the world emulator sometimes can go slower in in spots for what feels like no reason and sometimes, like, when it comes to VC, I just feel like every time I load up a VC, I know exactly what I'm going to get when I play. And when I load up my laptop for emulator, sometimes I just get random lag spikes for no reason. If you're playing on a very powerful PC, then that's not that shouldn't be a problem for you. But if you're kind of just... A casual player with not too much not the best hardware in the world then emulator it might be difficult for you to get a consistent stable gameplay using emulator so if you have a Wii and virtual console then you that'll allow you to get a, a consistent stable game almost every time
2: Kind of to expand upon that, um, all my controller differences among the the many months of playing randomizer, I've switched controllers four times. Uh, and, and part of that uh, is okay. due to the inconsistency of the controller support uh, that you can play with on emulator. So uh, BC definitely has the huge advantage of, well, I just have the original hardware controller, and I just plug it in my Wii, and I'm good to go. You know it's always going to work, right? Um, yeah another which is this is the point that uh kind of makes it
1: kind of makes the deal for me um just to give a little back bit of background i used to play project m competitively and especially with fighting games and fast-paced action games uh input lag is a very big deal so basically when you put an input into the game If you are not playing on a CRT, if you're playing on an HDTV that's not in game mode. I know some HDTVs have game modes, but if you play on an HDTV or anything like that, there is, uh, I think, one or two frames of input lag where when you put an input into the game, it'll take one or two frames for the game to register that you've put that input in. And if you play competitive fighting games, you you notice that a lot, especially when you're making very quick movements. Uh, you don't feel it in rando as much, but for me personally, when I play on VC versus emulator, I definitely feel the input lag difference on emulator. I feel like it takes just that little bit extra time for my inputs to come through, so on emulator, I feel like I generally play a little bit more sloppy than I do on VC, because when I use a CRT with Virtual Console, there is no input lag whatsoever, so that's uh, I feel that's the greatest benefit personally.
0: Can you expand on what a CRT is for the uncultured? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't say uncultured, I, no, but yeah. I was mostly yeah. talking about me, because I have no idea what <laughs> that
1: is. Yeah, a CRT is like... Do you remember those old box TVs? Those really big blocky ones that have the component cables in the front? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so an HDTV is basically any TV that has an HDMI port is an HDTV. A CRT is basically those old like block TVs that don't have an HDMI port.
0: Which are also... Kind of difficult to acquire, which we'll get yeah. Out
1: to, yeah. And that's kind of one of the disadvantages I'm going to go into later. Is that VC isn't exactly accessible for newer players. It does take a monetary investment in order to get fully set up. And if you are forced to play on an HDTV, there are still advantages to playing on VC, but in my opinion, you're not
0: maximizing like, your. Uh... Maximizing your yeah. profits. or I mean, if you're used to the input lag, then you
1: can definitely work with that. I'm not saying that you absolutely need a CRT to play rando. I'm just saying that's what I prefer. I prefer to play without input lag. And I feel that that's an advantage that Virtual Console can provide, whereas if you're playing on emulator, there's not really much you can do about it.
2: Yeah, as the years go on, too, uh, eventually there there won't be any more CRT TVs. So it's kind of a thing of the times, almost that when it gets to a certain point, all those CRTs are going to degrade and bust down, and probably will be very very minimal in terms of numbers. So it's a it's a disadvantage right now, but it'll be a pretty big availability issue in a, maybe a decade from now.
1: Yeah, if you're hearing this and you own a CRT, please take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea how many gamers out there would kill to have your TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're worth quite a bit. Yeah. Anyway, moving on though to our disadvantages for virtual console, and the, the big, I think the main biggest issue with VC that can happen is you can have random randomly your game can just crash for no reason
1: the classic vc crash i have vc crashed about six or seven times to date so if you think about it you you say oh like you've been playing for about eight seven to eight months uh vc crashing six or seven times isn't that bad um but you always crash at the worst time and you always crash when you're on a really good pace like about to get a really good time and you just get tilted into oblivion. <laughs> so for those who are unaware, a VC crash is like when you're just you're just playing the game normally and then you go to do any action whether it's open a door, I've crashed opening a door, I've crashed going through a blue warp, I've crashed using Din's fire in the back room of shadow twice. So Basically, whenever, for some reason, you do an action and the game just straight up freezes and there's nothing you can do but hard reset your Wii and pray that you saved close to where you were, or most of the time you end up forfeiting if you lose too much progress. And that's just, that's just life. If you're a virtual console player, you need to, that's just part of the, the package.
0: Basically deal with it, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, it's basically, if you're on VC, you have to save frequently. Basically, every time yeah, you pause. Yeah,
0: basically every you have to think that is always like every seed you play. There's almost like a one percent chance you can randomly VC crash. Don't know like the actual statistic. It's so random, but it's very very minimal. It's not like frequent enough to be a detriment, but it is something that can come up.
2: Yeah, I can just kill races out of nowhere. So it's. It's very scary if it does happen. You don't know which race it's going to
0: happen on. Yeah, so it's not like. Yeah. It's not like Emulator can't crash, but it's n- not very common.
2: Yeah, usually machine yeah. dependent, um, based on my experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's mostly it.
1: All right, also, VC, what uh, a lot of people argue about VC is the save warping. On VC, every time you save warp, you get a message saying that you need to use the classic controller. And this is a screen that, for the moment, is unskippable and you can't cut it out of the save warping process. So that adds, yeah, that adds about an extra five or six seconds to your save warp.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, save warping is also a mechanic used. we use in Ocarina of Time randomizer where you go to a spot and you go to a dead end, or you go somewhere where you can't continue, or you go to a really long hallway, and then instead of coming back, you can just reset your your game or your console, depending on what you are, and it just warps you back to the last major entrance you entered. So you can save a lot of time doing that, which VC takes longer, and you do it quite—I want to say at least over ten times every seed. So it can it can add up. Yeah.
1: You do it a lot in Water Temple, especially if you don't have Furore's Wind. That's a a spot where emulator saves can save a decent chunk of time over a VC player. That's why uh, there is strats in Water Temple where you don't have to, like, if you're go-moding it. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's only because of the save warping for VC, but definitely... um, if you can avoid lowering the water on VC before like grabbing your boss key to go to Morpha, that will save you time over having to save warp once or twice in water in order to get your boss key. It's little things like that where sometimes on VC it's actually faster to walk back. Like in Gerudo Training Grounds especially, if you go to the Key Ledge, Uh, The Song of Time ledge that usually has a key and two chests in there. Uh, I haven't timed this myself, so I'm not entirely sure. I'm just kind of speaking from experience here. But I think on VC, it's actually uh, maybe very slightly faster to walk back if you've already cleared the beamos room than it is to save warp from that spot. Whereas if you're on emulator, it's just a guaranteed, done deal, you save warp. So it's like little little intricacies like that throughout the seed where if you're on VC maybe you don't save warp if you're on emulator you absolutely save warp because it's faster 100%.
0: Another thing we mentioned about when we were talking about advantages earlier this is not free to get VC.
1: Yeah, VC does take a monetary investment. If you already have a Wii, that's good. You've gotten the bulk of the the monetary investment out of the way. But if you don't, um, I believe my Wii, my capture card, and my... I guess I did get some cables for it. It, it runs you about, like, I don't know, anywhere from... 80 to 100 dollars depending US, on the yeah.
2: seller
1: yeah us dollars depending on the sellers it's not cheap especially if you need to buy the wii
0: i mean like wii's out there aren't the most expensive secondhand consoles you can probably get them for 50 bucks out there easily
1: yeah it's just like you think 50 dollars for a wii plus tax potentially plus like 15 to 20 dollars for the capture card if you need to buy some composite cables that can run you like anywhere from like four to six dollars potentially and that does add up that that is a monetary commitment and for those who run emulator just fine you might not see the need to put the money in for slightly better performance uh if you're if you get good performance on emulator which is okay not every VC isn't going to be the right fit for every player. That's just not, it's VC isn't like one size fits all. Some players prefer emulator because of the advantages that it brings, because it fits the way that they know how to play the game and they're used to the input lag and they are used to the quirks that emulators have. And not only money, not only the money involved that, you need in order to actually set up vc when it comes to uh actually setting it up there is a process where you need to set up homebrew you need to actually set up the virtual console and you need to be careful when you do that because if you screw it up you can actually brick your wii and then your wii is just totally useless so there is a risk involved in setting up your wii to work with Virtual Console, and some people might not want to take that risk, which is understandable. And when you get a seed, it does take longer for VC to set up because of the homebrew channel, where you need to, you know, delete the other seed, set up the new seed, whereas on emulator you just gen the seed and load it right in the emulator. Yep, you just go right in. So, you know, there's Definitely disadvantages for VC on that front.
0: Yeah, which, again, makes it less accessible to newer players that just want to start out. Like, if you're just starting out, VC is by far the worst option, I think, out there. Maybe EverDrive, but eh. If you have I can't one, can't, I guess it's fine.
2: Can't play multi-world on VC. Not yet, at least.
1: Yeah, that's one of the interesting disadvantages where some people don't play multi-world um if you only play multi-world then vc obviously isn't the best choice for you because you right as of right now you currently can only play multi-world on emulator because of the scripts involved to do so and that kind of ties into why i've been able to gather vc and emulator experience because i've I've been forced to play on emulator for multi world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also for people that don't know, MultiWorld is a script that somebody wrote I don't who not sure. I would shut them out because it's a great game mode where you can play Ocarina of Time Randomizer with friends and then you give their other players items, which is pretty absurd to think about. It's pretty insane. Yeah.
2: Interconnected seeds, so it's mm-hmm. so, kind of a mental gymnastics you have to do and keep track of logic in a kind of a different way but it's cool nonetheless and the other main way to play randomizer is with an emulator which is what me and you are accustomed to yeah riley and i have pretty much the same setup as far as you know controller and you know the fact that we both play on emulator Uh, obviously different machines i don't think we've really compared the two of those but um you know i have no problem running it though i have a pretty powerful pc um the, the main thing here it's a lot quicker to set up and use as, as salty was kind of saying you just kind of do it dirty with the emulator you just you gen the seed you just slam it into the the program that runs the emulator and you're, you're on your way to go playing rando so
0: it's also much easier to just go on the internet download an emulator and set up whatever controls you want. Controller can be keyboard even if you want, which is not very recommended. But its you just download, it's there. You don't have to go out of your way to buy one. You don't have a good way to buy anything.
2: Some people play with like a trackball and like they're, you know, something else. Like it's it's crazy what you can do.
1: Yeah, that's another advantage where on VC, you pretty much have to use one controller unless you have some sort of weird adapter that I don't currently know about. Whereas on emulator, as if it connects, you can use it. So, mm-hmm. don't have a GameCube controller? Or like, only have a PS4 or an Xbox controller? Well, on emulator, you can use that. It's not stopping you.
2: As I mentioned before, too, uh, I've had four total controllers playing emulator. so I started off with, I think, an Xbox 360 controller, which is completely terrible, and I would not recommend it, but it's an option uh then i moved on to oh christ uh ps4 and that's okay uh it doesn't have the notches though that's the main thing for me now um the gamecube controller is just such a masterpiece you just it's so nice to play on it's so responsive it's so i could just go on forever about the stupid controller but uh then i moved on to oh yeah go ahead
1: even using the c stick feels
2: nice
0: on the GameCube. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's can be some of a controversial topic for some, where C-Stick is like a forbidden zone you should never use, whereas some of us just use it because, eh, why not? <laughs> Wait, do all three of us use the C-Stick? Yeah, I think so. C-Stick club! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, then I moved on to uh, a switch pro controller which is also a very nice controller it's a little bit different it doesn't have kind of that clicky feel it has more of a clicky feel actually to it rather than the you know GameCube controller yeah and it has the springs in it which are super nice for different reasons but kind of goes back to the the uh the point earlier that well windows just stopped supporting wired connections for switch pro controllers so i had to switch back to something and I bit the bullet. I got an adapter. It wasn't that much. It was maybe $20 for GameCube controller. And I plugged that in and it worked. And here I am today.
1: Yeah. And that goes into the monetary investment for emulator. The most you'll probably need is an adapter for whatever controller you plan on using. And those are never, never that expensive. So it's, if you decide that, you don't want to play on keyboard and you want to use a controller. I mean, being able to use your controller is—it's a lot easier to spend twenty dollars than it is to spend eighty or potentially a hundred, depending on the prices you get for the equipment for, needed for VC.
0: Yeah, and then there's also the little things we talked about—the disadvantage for VC, the, like save warping is a lot faster on emulator, so you save a bunch of time there. Uh, it's very, very accessible to players that just want to jump in this game and start right away, even without, even if you didn't touch the original Ocarina of Time game. It's just, it's just right there for you. Like I said, you can play on keyboard, so you really don't have to do a lot of investment. Just if you have a, a worse computer setup, it just can be worse. And it's also the only medium of support that you can play multi-world on, it's spe- specifically BizHawk. There's two different variants of emulators out there that are mostly popular, which is RetroArch and Bishawk. And Bishawk, for now, is the only medium that can also support multiworlds. So,
2: yeah, both Riley and I play on RetroArch, and it's a nice emulator for sure. It's mm-hmm. pretty
0: consistent. I'll just slip in this real quick because this should be something we discuss a bit. Yep. But recently, there was like a bit of controversy because people found ways to speed up the emulator not like speed up like for frames and stuff it's just some it just made it so it was faster when you were pausing the game or loading areas it, it, it was almost mimicking a vc and then it got really crazy and some people did a bunch of configurations to it and the community like the council which is the people that usually decisions for community had to go and ban all that because it didn't make it fair yeah you can check
2: more of that on the official randomizer discord um notspin was made a couple days ago about it
1: yeah we're not going to go into too much depth considering that it is banned but if you are interested i would definitely go check out that announcement and see what's going on
0: all right Now we can move on to the disadvantages that emulator has compared to the virtual console.
1: Yeah, and this is a lot of this is less the disadvantage of the actual emulator itself and more like if you don't have that great of a PC. If you're, if you're like my laptop is good but not great. So for me, it made a lot of sense for me if I wanted to play well consistently to invest in VC because input lag especially if you're used to no input lag can cause you to mess up your input sometimes like um sometimes i see some top players who play primarily on VC go to play emulator and you could tell that there's some like execution tricks that they normally get flawlessly on VC that they have a little bit of trouble with on emulator
2: and the other big point here is it's just your your equipment that you're using and a big part of that is just how much money are you willing to spend on a pc and from my experience it's about you know in a range of between us dollars 500 to a thousand if you're kind of within that range you don't really have to have a whole lot to worry about
1: yeah sometimes though even on Some of the better PCs, sometimes there could be like a background program or just your PC's having a bad day or something like that. And your emulator can just for some, for any reason, not play well. Like most people will say that, oh, I've never had problems with emulator, which is, you know, the norm. But there's always that chance that your PC just isn't performing well for whatever reason, or it's overheating and it's slowing down and things like that those are all things that you get exposed to playing on emulator so if you're playing in a race and your emulator just for any reason at all starts lagging a lot that's just something that you have to to deal with whereas on vc that shouldn't be an issue for you ever even if even in the worst like circumstances that shouldn't be an issue
0: and then there's some emulators i want to say specifically because crashes Bit more often than RetroArch, they can both be like can crash, I should say. And if you don't load them correctly, you have to do a very, very specific way to uh, recapture your file. But usually, it just completely erases your file, even if you're two minutes in, an hour in, two hours in, it's gone.
1: Yeah, and that can really kill you if you're in a bracket match, especially where fair play agreement only lets you make up 15 minutes of time. That's If you're deep in a seed and you lose your save file, like you're gone. Yeah, you can FPA, but essentially at that point, it's either you have to forfeit or your opponent says, let's schedule a rematch. Yeah, that's at that point, there's really not much you can do. So it's, like, really important for anybody playing an emulator to know how to recover their save file in the event of a crash, because that is that is one of the disadvantages of using it, especially if you don't know how to recover your save file, or you don't have uh, autosave RAM on, like, your save file could just be gone completely. And races don't allow you to use save states either, so... If you're in the middle of a race, yeah, you can't you can't just say, "Oh, can I load a save state?" Because you'll get DQ'd.
2: Yeah, it's, if only racing worked that way on emulator. Wow, that would be busted. <laughs> oh, I crash BRB real quick. Oh, this uh, is my worst dungeon. Uh, save state, save state. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> just... No. Uh, and the other main disadvantage here is also the slower loading times and pauses and. You're gonna lose on average three minutes to VC. Uh, we kind of mentioned earlier here, but overall, the differences between emulator and virtual console here, not a ton that separates the two. They both have their advantages and disadvantages. They both have some, you know, monetary aspect to them. They're, nothing's completely free, right? Um, but I mean, you can you can find success no matter what your setup here is. I think the big thing to take away: you have people running on keyboards that do really well you have people strictly on emulator that do really well and you have people that are uh vc snobs and they do extremely well so hey (laughs) (laughs) so uh i mean no matter what you play on you can do well in rando It, it really just comes down to how well you can route stuff and you know execution is a part of that and your setup does matter but
0: Having fun matters more. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Your setup matters in the sense that you need to you need to know what strategies are better for you with your equipment than than not. You need to know like where it's beneficial for you to save warp on emulator and where on VC it's actually better for you to not save warp. That is pretty much the only knowledge you need to if you wanna You know, try and get the best times you can. That's really the only knowledge you need to know in terms of VC versus emulator, depending on what equipment you're playing with.
2: And that about does it for us on the podcast this week. If you would like to send us some feedback, we always appreciate it. Uh, I know that we're going to be planning a segment on new tech found in Rando coming soon on an episode near you um but you can also email us uh it's gossipstone podcast at com. you can leave a comment on discord uh the, we have the gossipstone podcast channel there on the official randomizer discord so check us out there give us some feedback and we will uh keep listening to you and we're here for the community and for this week uh i've been emo soda
0: i've been riley and our thank you to our lovely guest the salty sponge for coming on this week
2: no problem Uh, glad to have you on for sure cool it was
1: fun it was a really interesting experience
2: that's all we can really ask for
0: right anyways that'll be it for us peace out yeah see you guys next time
2: vc master race